Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 123. In this episode, you're going to hear from Rebecca Kordecki. Rebecca is beyond passionate about teaching people to use breath and movement to get out of their heads and into their hearts and to be the boss of their happy and healthy one breath at a time. You are going to totally love this episode. There were so many great takeaways from Rebecca. We talked about growing up and how she grew up in foster care and suffered a cocaine addiction and then how she completely changed her life and became a celebrity trainer and then went on to coach breathwork. So stay tuned. You're absolutely not going to want to miss this episode. But before we get there, I just want to remind you that I am a badass anti-blue light glasses are on sale now. They're getting such good feedback. People are loving them. So head on over to OrdinaryToBadass.com slash store and check them out. On the inside of these anti-blue light glasses, the I am a badass glasses, it says I am a badass in small print, right? And then on the other side, it says Ordinary to Badass, but it's on the inside. So nobody but you can see them. So whenever you're having like a insecure moment or you have to give like a presentation at work or you're just feeling like you need a little bit of courage, a little a reminder of what a badass you are, throw on these glasses and nobody will know. It's like our little secret. You'll be like Clark Kent, right? Total badass. It doesn't matter who knows it, but you'd know it. And that's all that matters is that you know it. So definitely check those glasses out today. OrdinaryToBadass.com slash store. All right, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Rebecca Kordecki. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? Uh, hello. (laughs) I'm definitely a badass. Definitely. (laughs) I love that. Have you always felt that way? Gosh, you know, that's a good question. Hmm. I think I have since my late 20s. Um, For me, that's kind of when I discovered fitness and I had, you know, uh, just a quickie, I got out of a drug addiction that I was kind of attached to for about six, seven years and almost took my life. And when I overcame that and discovered fitness, I literally stepped into badassery big time because I needed something to save me and fitness was my thing. And I just... I went full force into the fitness field. Yeah. So what was it like when you first started fitness? Like, were you intimidated by it at all? Or how did you feel right as you first started? Yeah. You know, I started like when I got clean from my 
cocaine addiction, like I said, the first thing that I, you know, you could say I maybe switched addictions to running. I became a running fiend, an addict for running. And I don't care. I would do that again all over the same way because it, it literally saved my life. I just started running, you know, daily. And that was kind of my, you know, they call it the runner's high for a reason. You really do get the release of endorphins during, you know, when you're running. And so I would get my runner's high and I just, from there, I was like, I need to also learn about how to, you know, get stronger on my runs. And so I started lifting weights and then I was like, but I want to feel better every day. So I started eating better. And one thing just kind of snowballed into the other. And then about six months later, I was running marathons. So yeah, it was, yeah. (laughs) Was I intimidated? Mm, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. I think I, I found it and it saved me and it became my, my movement therapy and yeah, I just grabbed on and went right after it. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about this runner's high? Because a lot of people, I think, unless you've done it or experienced it, they don't know like what the effects of that can be. Yeah. So gosh, it is, it's real. Um, it's chemically a physiological response to um, moving your body at that rate, getting the blood flow, getting the oxygen going in and out of your body. And what happens is you start to release you know, um, dopamine, serotonin, um, all these hormones that give you that feeling of feel much like, you know, when, when you have sugar high or you have a cocaine high, um, it releases the same, it's the touching the same spots in the brain and tapping into those same endorphins and releasing the same thing. So the feeling is very much like what people go after when they're doing drugs. Um, it is a real high feeling and it, you know, it happens typically around the 15, 20 minute mark of moving your body. Sometimes you can tap into it in five or 10 minutes. If you do what, you know, like a typical hit training session where you're going really hard and strong on and off 30 seconds on eight seconds off 30 on eight seconds off. Um, and so you can tap into it sometimes through quick sprints types of movements as well. So interesting. And I've never heard of the 30 second on eight second off. I will have to give that a try because I just started. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's kind of a Tabata, what's called Tabata format, Um, but it's hit training and there's variations of that format. Like you can do it in, you know, 60 seconds on and 15 seconds off, meaning that you're working hard for 60 seconds and you're resting strongly for, for 15 and breathing deep. Then you go hard again and then you rest again. And there's different formulas, but a typical standard format is 30 seconds hard, eight seconds to 10 seconds resting. Awesome. I will have to definitely give that a try and I'll let you know how it works. (laughs) Well, it's also very badass. So you definitely have to try it. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) Rebecca, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Gosh, yeah. How long do we have? (laughs) There's a whole lot about me. Um, You know, I think, I guess the biggest way to sum up, you know, where I'm at in my life and, and what I'm about is that, you know, we all come from, I like to say, we all have a story, right? We come into this life, you know, and experience things along our journey. Um, that give us our quote unquote story, right? Of where we've been and who we are. And so, you know, my story involves a lot of, you know, childhood ups and downs and in and out of foster care and um, dealing with, like I said, that drug addiction for six, seven years of my life. And so I would say my first 20 years, 20 to 26 actually were quite um, tumultuous and ups 
ups and downs and highs and lows and lots and lots of roller coasters that I wasn't sure how to navigate. But then in my early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, I started like doing what I call, you know, badassery on myself, like going after all of the stuff that that caused me the pain that made me use drugs or that, you know, caused me to feel depressed. I, I dealt with depression a lot and I was on and off of antidepressants for a lot of my younger years. And, and still quite honestly, over the last, you know, 20 years, I've dabbled back with it on, you know, on the antidepressants and off because it's in my chemistry. Right. So that's part of it, but then it's also been environmental. And so I started like going after all my stuff, the stuff in my way from living my best life. And when I did that, you know, I started to discover that there were a lot of amazing tools that are available, like, but we just don't always know what those tools are. So yes, I loved training my clients and yes, quote unquote, I was a celebrity trainer for, you know, 20, four years of my career. And, you know, it was great. I worked with a lot of really amazing people, but I still found that we all have stuff, no matter how amazing your body looks, no matter if you have a six pack or an eight pack and your, if your heart's feeling unsettled and your insides are hurting, it doesn't matter how great you look on the outside. So it became my mission to start to work with people from the inside out. And now I like to say, you know, I, I used to care more about the six pack on the outside. Now I care about the six pack in my heart, right? So I call it six pack heart is what I'm all about now. And so I think to sum up who I am and what I am, I'm, I'm on this planet for the purpose of being a conduit to other people's um, transformation, evolution, um, you know, elevating themselves to the better, to a higher level through all kinds of ways, you know, through badassery of sorts, by using the different tools in life that are available, whether it's breath work, whether it's meditation, whether it's moving your body, right? In tandem with the breath or journaling or beating the shit out of a pillow with a bat, <laughs> what I call anger work, the anger work, right? Like getting it out of your body so that you can move through it and you don't stay stuck in what I call the heavy. Like when the heavy is on you and you can't move, that's when you know you need to do some badass stuff and you need to really go after it. And so I guess, you know, about me is that that's it. It's like, that's my mission on this planet. And now I do most of my work through leading breathwork classes and teaching other teachers who want to teach breathwork, teaching them how to do it. And that's pretty much my mission is to get people to see that they have everything already inside. This isn't a new saying, right? That everything you need is already inside you. It's not new hearing that, but it really is real, right? And sometimes we just need someone to go, hey, here's this really great tool that will help shine a light on what's already in you. Would you try it? And then if somebody says, yes, I'm like, good, I'm going to guide you. Great. Here we go. And that's it. So, yeah. I love that. And Rebecca, like what you just pointed out, you're the, our definition of a badass here at Ordinary <laughs> to Badass, because it's not about like the muscles or the leather jacket or the things on the outside. It's totally about fixing the inside and the confidence on the inside. So I absolutely love that story. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And look, it took me a long time to realize that for many years, I cared so much. And also along the way, I was a fitness model and an ambassador for health companies. So I was like, oh my God, I always have to show up ripped and shredded and with a six pack. And I got to, how many burpees can I do? Or how long can I jump rope with a 10 pound weight vest on? I mean, for years, that was my, what I cared about. And mostly I think now, as I look back, it was because I was afraid to face 
the stuff that was making me feel like I had to be a badass on the outside. You know, I was afraid to face the reasons why I felt like I needed to mask up, if you will, with a six pack and with, you know, shredded arms and such forth. And now I'm so happy to go, you know what? I have a two pack lately and that's okay, but I got an eight pack in my heart. (laughs) So yeah, because I went after the stuff and, and, and the stuff is never gone. Right. So I'll have days when I think I'm doing great. I feel like I'm on my high flying disc, right? Life is beautiful. I'm on this magic carpet and then boom, life knocks you off. But if you don't know how to get back up, dust off and tap into your, you know, to your resilience and tap into your self-worth and your deservedness on this planet, then you're, you know, then you're never going to get back up. You might as well tap out. So I get, you know, I, I now am so proud of myself for how I know how to get back up and dust off really quickly. Like it doesn't take me 10 days anymore. It takes me maybe a couple of hours when I get knocked off my disc. Right. So, yeah. And, and thank you for saying that, but yep. <laughs> Do you have a tip for somebody who's just starting out and just trying to learn how to, you know, um, maybe they have a, heart that's unsettled or their insides are hurting, like you said earlier, what can they do to start to tap into themselves and feel better? Yeah, gosh, such a great question. Because when I started struggling with those feelings, I would, I literally would wake up often so many days and go, is this all there is? What is my life about? What is it for? Why am I here? You know, the purpose question, right? And so I just, you know, realized that first I had to first becoming aware Becoming aware that there is this question, right? Recognizing that something is off, right? If you're waking up feeling blue or heavy every day, there's clearly something that needs attention. It's calling to you. Fear is calling to you or anxiety. It's calling to you to look at stuff, right? So the first thing is acknowledge it. Like just go, hey, okay, fear voice or stress voice or anxiety voice. I hear you. I see you. I feel you right? I love to say that phrase because that right there takes a lot of it away. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. And then go, okay, what can I do now to go after you? What can I do now to calm you down? And so then you just start thinking of the things you could do. Are you in the mood to try movement? Are you in the mood to explore breath work? Are you willing to be open to journaling? Are you open to, you know, finding a coach, to talk you through some of this. I I don't honestly believe in talk therapy, but like cognitive behavioral therapy. I mean, I believe in it, but I feel like cognitive behavioral therapy, which is more active and interactive type of therapy is much more effective than just talking, right? So CBT it's called, Um, or do you need to, you know, find a mentor to just give you direction? I mean, there's so many things, but the very first thing is just go, hey, to that voice, I see you, I hear you, I feel you. And now let's get busy. Let's sort you out. Yeah. I think sometimes people think that now my dog is going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that sometimes people think that going to a therapist or getting help is weak. What would you say to that? Oh my goodness. It's quite the opposite. I feel like the moment that we can say, Hey, raise our hand. Hey, I need somebody. I need help. I need somebody to guide me in this moment. I am open to receiving that lifesaver or whatever. Again, though, remembering that all that person is there to do is to point you back to, to you, right? That hopefully if it's a good 
qualified person that's that's doing the work in this kind of a way that's like reminding people you the answers are in you 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 might just need me to help you peel away some of the stuff in the way but you got the answers you know what's what and sometimes we just need that guide right and so i would say you know putting your hand up and saying hey i need a little help right now is the most is the best thing you can do for yourself and even before all of that, even before, like, I just want to step back one, one step and go, even before the, I see you, I feel you, I hear you take a big, deep breath, right? That big, deep breath, like before you do anything, sit down and breathe. Yes. Just okay. sit down and breathe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love two things um, to hear about the power of breath and what that does. And then for the listener, if they don't know what breath work is, can you explain it? Yeah, sure. So let's start with, let's explain what breath work is. And so, you know, firstly, breath has been around for thousands and thousands of years. And it's just in the most, you know, in the West, in the most recent uh, 50, 60 years, it's started to get a lot of um, acknowledgement and uh, more discovered in the usefulness of using it for wellness and for stress relief and anxiety relief release. But, you know, in the simplest of terms, breathwork is just simply taking this amazing um, system, the respiratory system, the oxygen and carbon dioxide that we breathe in and out every day. And it already happens um, involuntarily, right? It's happening as we're sitting here talking, right? Hopefully if neither of us are holding our breath. And so it's this involuntary system, but the beauty of what breath work is, is that we now have the ability to, we've always had the ability, but we're now starting to understand how to use it. And people are doing more and more information, giving more and more information about it. Now we can voluntarily, what I say, manipulate or harness the power of the breath by certain, in certain ways, like breath exercises or breath styles, which would be conscious circular breathing or transformational breathing or the Wim Hof style or holotropic breathing, right? And all of those kind of fall under the um, conscious circular umbrella, if you will, of breathwork styles. But breath exercises are more prescriptive type exercises like, for example, <clears throat> a four by four breath or what's also called box breathing or square breathing is simply an inhale for four, a hold for four, an exhale for four, and then another hold for four. And then you repeat that box four to six times, perhaps. So it might take you two to three minutes to get through that cycle of box breathing, right? And what these prescriptive style breath work exercises do is they give you a desired outcome, like a prescriptive outcome, like the, the square breathing is used to reduce anxiety, to calm someone's energy down, to create clarity, right? And then there's other kinds of breath, like the breath of fire is a prescriptive breath exercise. Breath of fire is breathing in and out, fast-paced breathing, and that is for Rebecca, creating energy. It cut out after yeah. the breath of fire. Yeah. Oh, so the breath of fire, as I was saying, is another prescriptive type of breath exercise, right? Used to create energy, to stimulate 
the nervous system. So like, for example, if you were going, if you had a presentation to give, or if you had, you know, an evening of classes and you were so tired from your job all day, and now you have to go to school, like college or whatever you're doing at night, and you don't have the energy, you do breath of fire, a couple of rounds of it, and instantly you feel a pick-me-up. It's a pick-me-up, so to speak. Also, it can create heat in the body. So if you were chilly, you could do a couple of rounds of breath of fire to get warmer. So these breath exercises are amazing and they're short and sweet and simple typically to give you immediate desired outcome. Now, the other thing that I said, breath style is usually like a longer type of class, like a session or um, typically like a session. So what I teach is uh, conscious circular breathing and that's the main uh, type of style breath I teach. And that is used for typically for clearing people's heavy, what I call their heavy, like the stuff, the baggage, the, the excuses, the fear, the um, trauma, quite honestly, can get cleared out and triggered and then resolved through the breath. So when you go into these 30 minute to 45 to up to three hour breath um, sessions or breath classes, if you will, that style of breath work is used when someone is wanting to have a very, um, oh, uh, we use the term crack, crack opening, you know, an opening, right? Get cracked open is what people will say, or a transformational experience. Some people even liken it to ayahuasca. Like they have gone, I've had people in my classes that have gone to places similar to where they say, almost like when I did ayahuasca, they'll say to me after breathing um, in my class. So, and that happens with all kinds of styles of breath work that are longer sessions. Because what happens when we breathe is, firstly, is most often we just quiet our mind. And as soon as we quiet our mind, the stuff that we need to work out is available right? It's not available when there's all that mind chatter and we're just going on and on and on and bada, 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 bing. And we're getting bounced around in this world of, you know, overstimulation. So as soon as we take a breath and we just calm, so many magical things start to happen. That is mostly what breath work is, is just clearing and making space for some magic to happen. That's my favorite way to say what breath work is. But the longer explanation that I gave is the more technical aspect and, and explanation. But breath is really about just connecting you back to you. So I know I've done some breath, breath work and I really love it, um, but people have like, sometimes they'll feel lightheaded or different experiences. Do you recommend that they have like an expert do it with them or what do you recommend for first timers? Yeah, I always suggest that a first timer do it with a coach if they have that opportunity or they do it in a virtual class if they're not in person right now. Um, and if they are in person, they can find many cl classes are popping up all, I mean, more and more and more every year, there's more breathwork classes being offered. But also, you know, there are some, you know, great, even YouTube videos where you could find someone who's leading a pretty thorough class or a video of a class or a video of a 10 minute session. I even have some on my YouTube channel of like a breath, a 20 minute session where people can go to that and listen. And I give really thorough instructions in the opening, telling people how to prepare and to expect 
by the way, one of the things that's really important when you find a good teacher is that they, they um, speak to all of the things that can happen when you breathe, like the lightheadedness, like feeling tingly, like getting tetanus. What's called tetanus is the cramping of the, the hands, like lobster claw hands. And if, if you're with a teacher and they don't tell you all those things, you could sit up and feel pretty freaked out. You could even be, be breathing and feel like you might be having a stroke and start to worry about what's happening medically. But if someone's a really good qualified teacher, they'll share all of those things in advance, as well as give you ways to, um, what I say, get off the ride if you're not enjoying it, like how to slow it down or calm it down or get yourself back to good through um, gentle breathing. And so, yeah, for first timers, I say, if you can try to find a coach, try to find a class, try to find someone that you you vetted through maybe a referral. Somebody said, oh my God, you got to go to this female or males class. They're amazing. And, you know, so someone who is vetted and you've found out about them, or if you like listening to me after we're done, you want to check out my YouTube, we can give a link to that. Um, but I think most importantly, don't go too crazy. Like don't, if you're a type A, like me, <laughs> try to be gentler with the breath pattern on your first try. Like if it's a, you know, open mouth, three-part breath, which is a, a belly, a heart, and then an exhale all through the open mouth. People who are type A's will typically try to force that and go crazy on that breath and go really fast. And that's when you can feel really freaked out. So I would say approach it more gently the first time. And just try it on for size, see how it feels. If you love it and you're like, wow, this really feels amazing, then baby step it to a little stronger, a little deeper the next time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you got to where you are um, teaching breath work? Like oftentimes we see social media, we see um, just one side of things and we think people are perfect or everything was so easy in life for them. Did you have any struggles along the way to get to where you are today? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I, I talked a little bit about my childhood, right? So being in and out of foster care, I was in and out of, um, gosh, different homes and different schools. Probably I think I, went, I counted at one time, like 12 schools in 12 years because of bouncing homes and being with different families and, you know, and then um, hitting my drug addiction years, you know, from like 20 to 26 took, you know, I, I feel like I, that part of my life was stolen from me, but actually I turned it over to the universe by giving my life away to the drug. Right. So it's, I have to take ownership for that. Um, and so I say stolen kind of cheeky, you know, but I, I, I voluntarily dived into that lifestyle. Um, but so those struggles alone were a lot, right. And then when I discovered the fitness, things started to change, but while that started the change and then I, you know, I started to become uh, quote unquote, like I say, I don't never like, I always do the eye roll to myself when I say celebrity trainer, but it is the truth. I worked with celebrities for the first, you know, 20 years of my career. And so that felt very shiny object and glamorous and stuff. But inside, like I said, in the beginning, I still didn't, hadn't sorted out my stuff. So even while I was working with all those, you know, highfalutin people and fancy people, I was still having my struggles. And it wasn't until my early thirties, when I started going after the stuff, like I mentioned, that things started to shift for me. Um, and then, you know, six years ago when I discovered breath work and things shifted quite nicely for many years, but then, you know, I hit 
this, this period where I was in this really bad breakup. And this is when I discovered breath work. I was in this breakup and it was toxic. And the woman that I was with was, you know, it was just kind of um, going downhill. And I kept hoping that, you know, you always want to be the savior. If you, if you're, if I was leading, you know, a bit healthier lifestyle than she was at that time. And, you know, cause she just couldn't get out of her own way. And I thought, well, oh, maybe I'll be a great example for her and she'll change and whatever. And she didn't want to. And so it was a very toxic ending for me. And I felt stuck in that I wanted to leave it in the best, you know, with integrity, but I was struggling because um, I cared about her so much. And so someone's like, why don't you go try breath work? Cause nothing I was doing, my regular things weren't working. My regular tools weren't working. So someone's like, go try breath work. And I'm like, okay, I try anything. I'm open to everything. And so I went and tried it and I just literally cracked open. I had this amazing experience and at the time, I was also feeling a little bit burnt out, quite honestly, on my fitness career. And I was feeling I needed to change. I needed a shift. I still wanted to work with people and inspire people and all that, but I wanted to do it on a deeper level. And so when I discovered breathwork, not only was it like this amazing aha for me personally, because now I had a tool that I could use anywhere, anytime, and it was free. Right. I didn't have to book a session with a you know, therapist. I didn't have to take a trip somewhere in the Amazon to, with a pack on my back and try to find myself. No, I could literally stop and breathe any moment of the day when I wasn't feeling OK, if I was off, you know, off track. And so then I thought, well, it's amazing for me. It'll also be amazing for my clients and the people I love and the people I want to help in the world. And so that was kind of my aha moment about shifting into that transitioning into breath work as a coach. So I went and got trained by several, you know, teachers I looked up to and respected their work and got certified. And then, um, yeah. And that was six years ago. That's awesome. I think that sometimes we struggle with these big changes or with doing things that don't feel aligned and switching to like, you know, like mm. our passion or our dream. Um, how did that work for you? How did you shift from getting out of like the working with celebrities and training to switching to breath work? Such a great question. And got, honestly, for the first year I struggled, I, it was, you know, I was scared of the transition because a, it's so different, right? I was this quote unquote fitness badass, like for years. I mean, I was booked on commercials for climbing the sides of rocks and for lifting weights and for slamming things, slam ball, you know, like I, that was my gig. I was like the badass fitness chick. And so thinking about going to this other side of what you, someone might hear the word breath work. They look at me like I have three heads. They're like, what is that? And that's so woo woo and spiritual and ew compared to like what you used to, you know? And so it was hard. I was like, but can't I, and I just posted something about this the other day. Can I be a fitness badass and a spiritual badass? Can't you be both? Why do you have to be one or the other? And so for me, it's been about blending the two and finding a way to transition speaking about both without it turning off those who, you know, spiritual people who don't love fitness because they think it's too macho or meat heady or pumping iron and all that. And, you know, so it doesn't turn those people off, but then also the fitness buffs who think spirituality will like take them out of their game. You know, I mean, there's so many sides to, to the, to this conversation, but I, I am about like, why can't we blend the two? I can be both. And so, you know, like I said, quite honestly, for the first year it was really rough, like trying to figure out, do I give it up completely in my fitness career? Cause also it was my income, my main right. source of income. 
And, um, you know, I'd been doing it for so long. I was so comfortable, which is also a bad thing, right? I got too comfortable in it. I could do it in my sleep. And that's also what I was missing. Again, I was missing that challenge, that spark, that that stimulus of something new that um, I got to explore and learn more about. So when I just did discover the breath, like I said, it was exciting. I was excited again. My passion was ignited again for my work. And so, you know, but it was, it was tough in the beginning and I just kept at it and I kept putting myself out there. I kept trying to find ways to, to teach where I could teach coming up with creative ways. I got lucky in the beginning that I did get into a studio teaching right away. So that helped because, well, you know, it was great to get the door opened for me, right. And get into a, a den, it was called the den meditation studio in Los Angeles. And I taught at two studios for them. So I had classes I taught four to five times a week, but if the door had opened and I got in the door and I was terrible at it and sucked, you know, if I was sucked when I got there, that wouldn't have mattered because then I wouldn't have built a following, but I happened to be pretty darn good at it. If I could toot my horn for a second, because as a badass, that's what we do. And we get to toot our horn and not be ashamed about it. And so I was good at it and I built a following and then my name got out there. And so then slowly, but surely I built a nice little, you know, side business here. And then I transitioned out of the fitness and kind of moved into this all the way now. I love that story. Um, so what do you do to tune out the noise? Like of people that are judging you? Mm, good question. <sighs> breathe my ass off. <laughs> Literally, figuratively, I breathe my ass off. I move my body. I remind myself that they're not the ones that I go to bed with at night. I go to sleep with me, how my heart feels, how my soul feels. As long as I'm, I'm right with me when I go to bed at night, that's all that matters. And I know that I'm on the right path for my soul and my journey. And, you know, quite honestly, Hey, if they're looking at me still and saying anything about me, then clearly there's something they're interested in. <laughs> Otherwise they wouldn't even waste the time. Right. Right. So mostly I just, you know, I just double down on the tools that work for me when, if I get, you know, knocked sideways by a comment I read, or, you know, I've got to say though, I've been, I feel that I've been pretty fortunate and that I haven't had too many disparaging things said, too many mean, you know, or anyone thinking it's weird or wrong or whatever that I'm transitioning into this field. Um, or maybe I'm tuned out to it. Maybe I already am organically turned, tuned out to it because I haven't really um, felt like I've gotten too much of that. So that's the good news. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like that's probably related to the breath work too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I saw on your Instagram, you had talked about this three bitch rule. Can you share that with us? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I love this rule so much. I came up with this about, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And it was something that I created because you know how like you'll, you'll hang out with people, you'll have a group of friends or even yourself and you hear them. It's two years, three years later, and they're still complaining about the same damn thing. And they've been complaining about it for this and nothing changed and they just don't stop. Or you catch yourself complaining about the same damn thing and you, and you can't stop. You're in like a vicious cycle with your monkey mind, right? On this one thing. And so I caught myself, you know, whenever this was 10 years ago, and I don't remember really what the subject was at that time, but I got sick and tired of it. I was sick and tired of myself complaining about this one topic 
and also at the same time, I was here feeling a vibe from others that they were also being complaining. And I was like, you know what? I have to put a rule on myself. It's the buck stops here. And so I said, from now on, if I ever complain about the very same thing three times or more by the fourth time, I have to change it. I have to change it. If I don't, and I'm not willing to change that thing after three times, I have to make peace with it and shut the F up about it. If I'm not willing to change, make peace and shut the F up. Stop wasting the energy on the complaining and move on. You know, you either make peace with what's not right or you do something about it. And so it's called the three bitch rule. You get to bitch three times and then you got to change. Yes. <laughs> so important. I think like negativity is so toxic and so tough. we allow it for herself or for the people around us just to keep going. It's like that can just send you down a rabbit hole. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't serve anyone or anything. It just, and, and, you know, again, not anything new, but that what you focus on expands, right? If we keep talking about that same thing that we don't like, we get more of it. The universe is like, oh, you really love this topic, don't you? Well, here's a whole lot more of that, <laughs> right? So again, law of attraction, it's, yeah. you know. So Rebecca, I assume through like working with celebrities, and then, or training celebrities, and then also through teaching breath work that you have to have confidence. Can you share with us one of your tips for confidence? Yeah, you know, I do. Thank you for that. Um, I do. I feel like that is one comment that I get that people feel like I am a confident woman or they use the word strong and passionate, you know, often to describe me. But I think confidence comes from first reminding yourself the value that of who you are, the value of who you are, that no matter what, no matter what, what you have, no matter where you live, no matter where you go in life, that you have value. The fact that you're alive and breathing means you have value, that you have something to offer this world. So first, you know, recognizing that. And then secondly, I do this thing, um, I call it the wall of badassery. And it's actually an exercise I do in one of my teacher trainings. And I call it the wall of badassery. And it's a list that I ask my teachers to make. And I've done it. I, usually the exercises I bring to my trainings are things I vetted on myself first. It, it came out of something I was working on for me. And I come up with, I either make up the exercise or it's something that I found and discovered and used on me first. And then I go, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to bring it to my teachers. So this wall of badassery is so simple. And it's. And I'm sure someone has done it in some other way, but I do it. And it's just this list of things that I have done throughout my life that make me a badass. And I almost like a, um, a steady stream of consciousness. I just write as fast as I can all the things I've ever done that make me a badass, overcoming my drug addiction, speaking to a room full of, you know, 1500 kids right after I got clean or not right after, but like six months after I got clean, it was the biggest group of people I'd ever spoken to, but they were all kids wanting to learn about drugs and how to overcome it and not get caught up in it. Doing that talk, it scared the hell out of me, but I did it, made me a badass after I got done, I felt so great. Um, overcoming the childhood I overcame, and coming out the other side and now living an amazing life rather than being six feet under, which is where I could have been if I would have let the drugs consume me, 
right? So every day I remind myself through this list or wall of badassery of all the things, you know, transitioning out of fitness and becoming a breathwork coach that now has a pretty amazing reputation and a good following and, you know, list of badassery. Put that in and, you know, and make a placard, make a, 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 a photo, put it on your screen, make it on your computer and then screenshot it, print it out, frame it, put it in the front of your house. When you walk in, it's the first thing you see to remind you of how amazing you are. The things that you have done that build up your confidence, that remind you that every day, what a badass I am. And then through that, remembering is how we find confidence. You know, we just, we know what we're capable of. When we remember what we're capable of, there's confidence in that, certainty in that. Yes, so powerful. I love that. We'll definitely have to do the wall of badassery. I love it. (laughs) So Rebecca, I know that you have a breathwork teacher training come up or coming up. Can you share that with us? Yeah, sure. Um, So it's for, it's a teacher training, breathwork teacher training that also then gives a certification. But that being said, you don't have to be certified to be a teacher, but you know, I like to give a certification at the completion of the two modules for this training so that someone feels like they've completed the foundations, the fundamentals, and they can feel solid when they go out in the world and start to explore this work and teach others. So I I do this teacher training, it's two modules and it's over two weekends. It's three days of about five hours each day. It's coming up July 9th through the 11th is the first module one. And then module two happens at the end of July, July 30th through August 1st. And all that information can be found on my website, which is called thebreath.zone. And we can hopefully include the links to that. But on that website, if anyone's curious about exploring more about me or downloading some free audio breathwork tracks, you can find all of that on my website. Or by the way, I have a class coming up on July 1st. Forgot to mention that. Um, It's a free donation only uh, Zoom class to come try breathwork with me as a, you know, 45 minute class. So if anyone's interested in that, uh, that's also on the breath.zone website. And uh, you can come check this thing out for real in person or not in person, but on virtual. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like a good way to get started or just dip your toe in the water if you haven't done breath work yet. For sure. Yeah. So let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. Mm, Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think the first thing, like I said, is if you're feeling ever struggling or out of sorts or wanting to go to that next level, remember that every single thing is already there, already inside you. And all you have to do is just sit down, take a deep breath and say, I see you. I feel you. I hear you. Get comfortable with whatever that feeling is and then go after it if it's in your way. And if if nothing's in your way though, right? Just continue being a badass in our time. (laughs) 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 So I know that we can um, find you at breath.zone, but how else can we connect with you? Yeah. Also to be clear though, that is the breath. So the word the breath in front of it dot zone. Yeah, that's the website, but thank you for that. And then also you can connect with me on social media, um, at, on Instagram at Rebecca Kordecki, just my first and last name. Okay. Awesome. Then I'll add the links in the show notes. 
Rebecca, thank you so much. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Oh, Marie, thank you so much for having me. Loved being here. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Wasn't Rebecca amazing? If you have never tried breath work, I would definitely recommend that you check it out because it can be a game changer. Um, it's just all about your breathing, but helps you tune in to your inner badass. So don't be afraid. Check out breath work if you haven't already. Um, and Rebecca sounds like she'd be a great teacher. And if you love this episode as much as I did, then head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review and let us know what you thought of the episode. And then, of course, screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram. Put it in your Instagram stories, at Ordinary to Badass. You can tag me. And if you leave the rating or review and put it in your Instagram stories and tag me, you'll also be entered to win a free pair of the I Am a Badass glasses. So you don't want to miss that, right? So jump on that before July 1st. And again, screenshot it. Send it to me on Instagram at Ordinary to Badass to win your free pair of I Am a Badass anti-blue light glasses. All right. With that, we'll end the show on Thursday. You're going to hear why Rebecca Kordecki is such a badass. So make sure that you tune in. Talk to you soon. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future Spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.